we are here with Debs, and um, I want to ask you how you have personal opinion about how arts change your life. Yeah, it was just by chance, really, that I picked a leaflet up when I was at Crisis Point. I'd never done art before. I don't know why I picked the leaflet up, but that leaflet changed my life. It gave me a focus and gave me hope, meaning and purpose, which is something I, I felt the current mental health system hadn't given me. Mm. And how long ago was that? That was about nine years ago now. I, I found the leaflet and I've been doing art ever since. The project that I initially went with lasted just less than two years, um, but then I continued to do art and maintain it as a hobby. Mm. And what have you been doing since then? Um, well, painting-wise at the moment, I don't do very much. Um, I'm doing a master's degree on mental health recovery and social wow. inclusion which is fantastic and it's specifically for people who have lived experience of mental health and when they say they want the service user perspective they mean it which when I've worked in quite a lot of fields they say it and it's just a tick box exercise. Um, I work for South West Yorkshire NHS Trust which is the trust that I did the art project with and I well I've, I've got my family and keep really busy doing everything it's Hard finding time to do the painting now, but I do still do it occasionally. Mm. I really liked what when you were talking. I really liked the story um, you said about the coffee machine. Can you repeat it for people who were yeah, not there? Yeah, yeah. Well, I I try and explain how I think art helped me. Um, I use the analogy of when you go into a coffee shop, and the coffee machine fires up, so it's really noisy and it's whirling away in the background. And initially you think it's really annoying because it's a noise that you're not normally used to. But then after a while that noise blends in the background and you forget about it. And then it stops and you realise just how noisy it really was. The Doing the art project allowed me to realise my mind was a, a racing track. And because I've had mental health from a young age, it just... I didn't know it was there. I hadn't realised that it needed to stop. I hadn't realised that it was as busy as it was, but the art allowed it to stop, which made me want to keep continuing with the art. I wanted to do more of the arts because I wanted this racing track brain to suddenly stop, and the arts did that. And by stopping it, one, it made me aware it was there in the first place, which counselling and medication yes they helped but they never allowed me to be able to take control whereas art did mm. art allowed me to control my mind and control my illnesses because I still have the illnesses they haven't magically vanished but it, I can I've learned to deal with them in a very different way that I'm in control of my illness now rather than it controlling me mm. and how do you think that your personal experience is associated with the general wave of social prescribing? Um, well, I'm, I'm one of many people who I know this project, you know, arts and creativity and social prescribing works. Um, you know, I, I work with people who do this day in, day out. I see the benefits of it. And uh, not just from my own personal growth, but seeing their personal growth as well. Because I think it's important that other people saw me growing and changing long before I noticed myself and I'd say I only started noticing after about a year whereas the other artist at the art school that I was at noticed after the first term 
Really? Yeah. yeah. yeah they were only slight changes, but they noticed after then. Maybe um, from a subjective, uh, an objective, you know, point of view, it's kind of different. Yes, yes. And like I say, I never expected an art class to not only save my life, but transform it beyond anything I've ever thought possible. You know, I, I was a, a service user on 21 tablets a day. Wow. I was doped upon medication. I was bed bound a lot of the time. My children were my carers. You know, I, I had no quality of life. I had no existence. And here I am now. I mean, I've been to some fantastic places, Buckingham Palace, Clarence House. World Health Organization, things I never dreamt of. And I don't say that because I want to boast about my journey. I say that because I'm a service user mm. who would never have thought to have been in these circles before. I would never have been asked to go to Buckingham Palace. I would never have been asked to go to World Health Organization. And social prescribing allowed that to happen purely by chance and because it you know it's just spiraled in my journey I mean I'm nine years into my journey now and it's still benefiting me yeah and what do you think about evaluating social prescribing I think it needs to be evaluated but I think the cost has to be proportionate to the cost of the project if the the project that I did altogether just cost less than just short of two thousand pounds which incidentally is one was one year's medication um, whereas now, I'm, I've been off all medications for eight and a half years, I've been out of services for four and a half years, and I work in the same NHS Trust as that expert. So I do think it needs to be evaluated, but I think it has to be evaluated in a way, you know, according to the cost of the project. Mm. You know, we can't expect people who are doing a £2,000 project to spend nearly the same amount evaluating it. Yeah, and you said something evaluating um, psychologists, psychiatrists. Yeah, I th from, from a mental health perspective, I think if we're asked to evaluate social prescribing, let's make it a plain, you know, an open playing field. Psychiatrists should be evaluated, psychologists should be evaluated. And again, proportionate to the cost, because they cost a heck of a lot more than any social prescribing ever would. Um, you know, so let's put the percentage. If if it's if we say right, this art class, ten percent of your budget has to go to evaluation. Let's have ten percent of the psychiatrist's budget. Let's have ten percent of the psychologist's budget, just to make it equal, so that we can see what really is effective and what isn't. Mm. I've been in with the psychiatrist for nearly forty years. Wow. There'd been no it's evaluation. There'd been nobody asking me what worked for me, what was right for me. You know, I, I just want things to be equal, that's all. Mm. And from a lived experience perspective, how do you think that this could happen? Is it more through interviews and qualitative data? I think there's got to be, again, I suppose it could be quite controversial. There's got to be lots of different methods. Mm. Um, I don't think there's going to be one answer and one solution that will fit any particular way of evaluating this. And I don't think that there is one way of measuring it either. I think because social prescribing is so wide from arts to sports to uh, reading, poems, you know, you can't say, right, have your paintings got better? Because that wouldn't fit in uh, a sports environment, you know. So you've got to have different evaluation tools, but have the same commonality at the end of it. 
I mean, I'm not a researcher, I don't know how we can do that, but I know it needs to be done somehow. Yeah. And what's your aspiration for in the future of social prescribing? I want everybody, whether they've got mental health, obviously I, I'm a men, I work in mental health, but I want everybody to be able to have the choice, to be able to have the option of a social prescribing. And I want it to be integral to services. I want people who are feeling ill, whether they go to the GP or whether they go to the psychiatrist and the psychologist, let's make social prescribing the first thing that is offered, mm. not the last. At the moment, it's medication or talking yeah. therapies. Let's make it that first thing. There's nothing to lose with it. The worst thing is a bit of paint on you or a bit of muck if you're in a garden, you know, but up to the side effects of counselling and medication, we really have nothing to lose. So my aspiration is that every GP surgery, every psychiatrist, every psychologist, everything where people go on a regular basis for the health offers social prescribing as a first part of call. Mm -hmm.